0: Welcome to the PCS to Corporate America podcast from Cameron Brooks. Our mission here at Cameron Brooks is to help educate junior military officers about their transition options and to inspire veterans to transform their lives and their careers. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Um, Our guest and I, Chris and I have been chatting now for 10 minutes, just catching up. It's been a minute or two since he and I have interacted, and by a minute or two, I mean like eight years or so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's been really good for uh, for me to catch up with you, Chris. So I uh, want to introduce Chris Benson to you today. I'm going to let him introduce himself, actually, but uh, Chris is a former Marine Corps field artillery officer who came through this program, came to a conference in January of 2014. And so, uh, Chris, why don't you just start off uh, – it's almost like I'm going to take you back to your conference. Tell me about yourself. <laughs> but uh, but uh, why don't you start off by just giving us a little bit of background. Tell us where you're from. Tell us where you went to school. And tell us a little bit about your military experience.
1: Yeah, um, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, and graduated from Auburn in 2007. And then following that, uh, commissioned in the Marine Corps and decided to go uh, as an artillery officer. And there had the opportunity to be a fire direction officer and platoon commander and forward observer deployed with the 22nd MU and Operation Unified Response in Haiti. And then came back and went on my B-billet and uh, was a OSO in South Carolina. And then went into the IRR in uh, 2014 and into with, with Invista and with Cameron Brooks. You know.
0: All right. So when you and I first met and, and when I mean first met, you and I actually met on the phone. I'm pulling out the file here on May 17th of 2013, you ended ended up coming to a conference in January of 14. And so seven, eight months later, what, where were you in your thought process back in 2013? Like, why were you Why were you thinking, I'm going to get out of the military and I'm going to go to corporate America? Like, what were you thinking about back then?
1: Yeah, at that point, um, I had done a lot of stuff from a leadership standpoint in the Marine Corps. I knew that I didn't want to make it a long-term career and um, thought that I'd be able to take and transition some of the stuff that I learned in the Marine Corps into into a different um, type of career. I also uh, was married at the time. Uh, my wife, if you, if you remember Pete was, was, uh, about eight months pregnant during that time. And we were, we were starting a family and, um, looking to, looking to grow from both a career standpoint and, a and a personal standpoint.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't quite remember, but I am looking at your file here. Mary Lou wrote that Jess was Jessica was due on May 7th. Okay. Was she close? <laughs> what was the day actually? She
1: was uh, May 1st. Yeah. So she was pretty okay, close. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, now your family's growing. You got all kinds of little ones running around. So it's been a few years. It's just it's just fun. So when you came to the conference, you chose InVista. Uh, let's start here. Like, who is InVista? Give us a little bit of perspective on the company that you work for. I always think that that part is super helpful for people listening to podcasts. Like, what, what's possible? What's out there? So give us a little bit about InVista. What do you guys do? Yeah.
1: So in Vista, it's one of the uh, many Coke companies, right? And so we're part of Coke industries. Um, in Vista, we, we do chemicals, polymers, fibers, and all of that supports a wide variety of uh, industries and products, right? Um, everything from auto, the automotive industry, uh, things like um, car batteries, as well as airbags, and then uh, all the way to uh, what I'm doing right now, uh, fibers, and so we make nylon six six uh, fibers that go into again a variety of products, um, such as. And for for this group, I think it's uh, to me pretty meaningful that um, at the site that I met right now, we we make fiber that goes into the military uniforms, and then um, some of our other sites do fiber that goes into. Um, PPE and things like that for the military.
0: Okay. okay. So it's interesting because when people think about going to corporate America broadly, this is a little bit of a generalization, but when people think going to, thinking about going to corporate America, they're usually thinking like, oh, I want to go work for, you know, Apple or Ford Motor Company or some, you know, like basically companies that make products that sell to consumers like you and me. They're not thinking like, I'm going to go work for a company who makes really important things that goes into other really important things. And so, <laughs> like, why, why did you choose? Like, what was it about Invista that gave you like the warm and fuzzy? Like, yeah, that, this is right for me. This is right for my family. This is because you had choices, right? You had, you had yep. earned a few different offers and you, you, you had opportunity to go to a bunch of different. I'm just sitting here looking at it right now. Had opportunity to go to a bunch of different places. So, what was the what was the draw for you in that way?
1: Yeah. So for me, um, and when I interviewed both at the conference as well as going out to um, to the sites, um, the some of the folks I interviewed with actually had gone through the Cameron Brooks uh, process. And one of the things that really struck me at at Coke and at Invista. We have uh, guiding principles, right? And um, we talk about at the time it was market-based management. Now it's principle-based management. But just how close um, those principles aligned with what I had grown up with and learned in the Marine Corps Mm -hmm. and uh, really focusing on empowering employees and um, creating principled entrepreneurs in in their areas where they're working. Um, to help them grow and r- really building strong teams, and then so I had a couple different options when I came to Invisto. One was um, in uh, Victoria as a project manager, and then one was uh, in um, in Orange as an operations supervisor. And uh, coming from um, the Marine Corps, I felt like that was where I wanted to go into into team leadership and, um, uh, okay. really enjoyed that opportunity to, to learn and grow because <laughs> I'm, uh, I was not a, uh, chemical guy and what, um, we worked on was, uh, chemical manufacturing for, uh, intermediate okay. inter- intermediate processes.
0: And intermediate. When he when he says intermediate, you guys, what he means is making products that go into other products, right? Am I am I interpreting that correct, Chris?
1: Yep. Yeah, and and so um, we have multiple different uh, sites within Vista. The ones in Texas, uh, right? We have we do have acquired some propylene sites, but um, the majority of the things produced in Texas are, are intermediates, right? That um, go out to other customers as well as uh, moved internally to make to make different products. So those are um, some pretty, uh, th- that's our, that's our, a lot of our chemical side is there as well as, as well as China and France and um, some other places.
0: I, um, I love asking that question because, you know, you made a decision to go work for a company because when you actually met them, You know, you talked about their principles aligned with how you grew up, how you were in the Marine Corps. Um, You talked about principled entrepreneurs, like all of the things that you just won't get if you go on Invista's website. I mean, you may get it to a degree, big picture, but, you know, I just think it's when people are listening to this podcast, I just always want to stress this point. People make decisions about where they're going to work based on the interview and the follow up interview not on a bunch of things that happened before the process the true discovery the true discovery occurs through the interview process when you're considering multiple options and comparing each option one to another uh, just like you did Chris and and I think it's just a powerful way to do a search to ensure that because here we are you know 9 years later And you're still there. You've had multiple jobs, which I want you to want you to describe here in just a second. Multiple jobs, but you made a choice to work for a company that you felt like you fit with. And you discovered that in the interview process. It's just such a powerful principle that I that I always want to constantly stress. That's really something that we I always want to bring up in this podcast because it's just so darn powerful.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, so. Um, This is my this is the question I wrote to you. You had six jobs and I was getting all of this from uh, from LinkedIn. You had six jobs in almost nine years. Um, (laughs) You know, tell us about the jobs, which ones were promotions, which ones were lateral moves, if any. And like, why so many? Like, what's your what what is your goal? What was your goal? What is your goal? Like, how did how does it work for people to move along and get promoted? Because in the Marine Corps and in the military in general, I like to say it's a conveyor belt, which sounds a little mean or derogatory. I'm not trying to say that. It's just a time and grade, time and service type of deal. And when I look at your experience at Invista, like nothing could be further from the truth. So, (laughs) you know, try to give us a little bit of a feel and a flavor for how it's been playing out for you.
1: Yeah. So um, when I went to Invista, like I said, I started off as a shift supervisor in uh, operations. And so all of the roles that I've had um, have been in operations, right, at the, at the manufacturing facilities. And um, I think because of the, the leadership that I've had since I've been at Invista, and then the willingness to actively learn new things, right, um, have been provided with just a really wide variety of uh, opportunities. Um, so I started off as a shift supervisor and, um, in a, a dip and nitrile unit and um transition from there was promoted in into I'm sorry a,
0: I'm sorry you said a word that I don't <laughs> understand what <laughs> what yeah,
1: is is uh adipid nitrile so we're um making a uh a nitrile chemical that would then go into other um into mixed with other chemicals to get polymers and and yeah. things like that yeah okay, okay. <laughs>
0: thank you, sorry, keep going. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And then, so after that um, transitioned into a, or was promoted into a role at the time, we called it a reliability day leader. And um, this role really allowed me to better understand the chemical processes as well as start understanding more reliability and maintenance. Um, and so was uh, working with a hydrogen cyanide unit and, um, waste treatment facility, um, and, and our utilities units, so large boilers, things like that. Okay. And then at that point, um, there was a restructure within the site.
0: Well, hold on, hold on. Before you get to the restructure, you know, let let me just, cause this is the most confusing, not confusing, but this is the most curious part for military officers because, because as a military officer, if I'm an O2, Getting, waiting for my promotion to O three, 3 I can tell you the day I'm going to get promoted to O3. I already know the day. It could be two years out. I'm like, I know what day I'm getting promoted. So you just kind of glossed over like, well, from there I was promoted to, like, how did that work? Who did you, did you initiate? Did someone come up to you and say, oh man, you're doing great. You should interview for this job. Like what happened with that?
1: So, and not that this is specific to the military, um, but I think that, um folks getting out. I I think that, I think that in the ship supervisor role, right. Um, I was able to learn a lot fairly quickly and, um, as opportunities to engage myself into other small teams and things like that, took those, uh, took those opportunities to expand my capability as, as well as really show interest in growth in the organization and so as a different role opened up right um it was it was suggested hey maybe you should maybe you should try for this and (laughs) at the time i i hadn't been with invista for very long and so um i said why not and uh was able to move into the into that role and it's a really that that showed me right um kind of reiterated my initial uh what, what i had seen with in and coke right is that um really focused on empowering folks that are are contribution motivated and uh trying to trying to develop themselves as as well as others
0: so you've said some things so far in this conversation that i'm going to try to bring together into a word, and the word I want to use is initiative. You said people who are willingness to actively learn new things took the opportunity to engage myself and other small teams showed interest in growth. Um, your company and most many companies empower people who want to be empowered. Like I think the big thing that I would love for this the audience to take away from what you're saying is. The opportunities in corporate America, and in VISTA obviously, but in corporate America broadly, are, are for those who want the opportunity, who take the initiative to engage in small teams that are kind of maybe outside of the day-to-day work, show interest in growth, willingness to actively learn new things. This is the way, people always ask, how do you get promoted in corporate America? If I were to bottle this last two or three minutes, you, you described perfectly in your experience. Now how did you know that? Did anyone teach you that? Did, you, did anyone say, "Hey man, shouldn't you be trying to engage yourself in other small teams else, elsewhere? Like how did you figure that out so quickly?"
1: I, I think that that's um part of again what we what we learn in um and when I when I'm saying grew up with and uh and we we do in the military. I th- I think that ties directly back to, back to that. So yeah, no one's going to tell you to do it. Um, but right. you gotta take the initiative.
0: Um, all right. So maybe, maybe just cause I want the team, I want the, the audience to really know, like, what if, what is a, you know, what did I say? Six jobs in almost nine years. What does that look like? Like, okay. So maybe quickly just kind of run through, okay. You were team leader and then you were doing that reliability day job.
1: And then where yeah. did it go? And then so then I had the opportunity to, um, and this was with a restructure going to the maintenance organization. And again, hadn't had a specific maintenance background, specifically in a chemical uh, manufacturing facility and was able to to learn that and um, had really good leaders again, and uh, as well as good mechanics and technicians and things like that, that and engineers that really helped Helped me learn, and then um, was able to transition from that into into the site um, maintenance manager. And um, during that time, again, had the opportunity as a as a side kind of <laughs> opportunity to participate in um, a culture transition team, right? And so a lot of my focus was was on um, growing culture at the site with several other really strong, strong leaders. And, um, that ended up being pretty successful there and, um, then had the opportunity there to, to promote and go over to, uh, the Victoria, Texas site as a business unit leader. Um, and
0: just did you you relocate with, I mean, is that a couple of hour drive down to Victoria?
1: It's a, it's about a four hour drive from uh, where okay. I was prior to to Victoria, Texas, and um, and again it was it was a great opportunity to expand my capability as well as um, have have a larger responsibility, and um, so was the business unit leader of a of the Victoria adiponitrile unit, and um, so. A lot which, of which was
0: by the way when you you did receive an offer for the as you said earlier to the victoria plan, I mean you eventually made it down there because you yeah. <laughs> that was one of the options right out of the conference
1: it was yep yeah. and um so again, I think a willingness to to relocate is also um uh, an important thing for the right for the right uh opportunities um and so went there and had the ability to do another kind of culture transition team at, at uh, Victoria, as well as implement new technology um, going through very large projects and, and turnarounds. Um, and uh, from there, right. Was able to uh, have an opportunity to come up to, to Delaware where I'm at right now um, as a, as a site manager in, in Delaware, which um uh, for me, it was a, a huge opportunity because it's learning again something new. I had been in chemical uh, the entire my, my entire career, and then was able to transition to downstream sites where um, here we actually make the fiber that goes into things like paper machine, clothing, and um, flame resistant clothing, and uh, other types of apparel, as well as the cloth that goes into or the fiber that goes into um, the camouflage military uniforms. All right.
0: So. Um, you've said some words to me that I'd like to, uh, I'd like to go back and touch on for those. Cause you say it obviously, cause it's just second nature. Let me say them back to you and maybe you can give us some kind of structure and definition behind them. So you said after the, um, after the, uh, the quality day job, quality manager reliability you said there was a restructure i think that's a scary word for people in corporate america because it 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 kind of denotes uncertainty it denotes like ooh a restructure what does that mean so what does what does that mean
1: um so for us it was a uh, um there was some decisions um that were made to adjust units based on profitability, right? And, uh, yeah. with that came, um, some movement of, of personnel, right. And, uh, different areas that needed different types and levels of leadership. And so for me, right. And what I saw from, uh, a lot of other folks, right. It gave us an opportunity to expand our capability, uh, gave us an opportunity to learn new things. And, um, and see if we could excel in different, in different areas that maybe before we didn't have that opportunity.
0: This is what I love about corporate. One of the things I love about corporate America is you're basically saying, you know, you were in the Marine Corps, I was in the Army, but, but I guarantee if you walk back to the Marine Corps today, or if I walk back to the Army, it'd be the same. Yeah, maybe slightly different. But like what you're saying is because of profitability, which is the lifeblood of a company, we made decisions to better enhance our lifeblood and it's just cool like we we don't have to do things every day the exact same way I mean there is value in processes for sure uh, but the ability for a company to quote restructure in order to better affect the lifeblood it's just it's just so different I think that's what a lot of JOs are looking for when they're saying you know I want something different I think that specifically is one of the things they look for All right. Um, one, a couple more questions. You mentioned turnarounds. We had to do some turnarounds, turnarounds. What, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. So, um, different, uh, different operating units, we would large operating units, we would shut down and, uh, do overhauls and as well as, uh, implement very large projects. So, um, a few of the turnarounds that I had the opportunity to be a part of were specifically uh, small project and um, small project and um, reliability improvements and maintenance and things like that. And then a couple of the other ones that I had the opportunity to be a part of were implementing brand new processes, brand new um, industrial buildings and incorporating those um, with new technology right? um so, so a lot of opportunities to to learn in those areas
0: and so just just for those listening, when someone's doing a turn when a company's doing a turnaround, they're going offline so we talk about profitability, we talk about the lifeblood, and when something goes offline, the blood stops pumping basically, you know, just to c- continue the analogy so so you talk about learning, growing, and developing in an extremely important part within a company, and so it's just it's just fun to hear what, how you talk about it, because uh, because it, those are the opportunities where you can really shine. Obviously, you have. So now you're a site manager. So what is, tell me? Tell me what your job description is. What are your duties in response? Because you're a Texan. <laughs> Jessica's a Texan. Your kids are basically Texan. Um, kids are Texan. You lived in a couple different cities in Texas, close to home. Now you're in Delaware. Did you 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 traveled you know 1,500 miles away from home to to be a site manager? What does that mean?
1: Yeah. So like I said, it's a really good opportunity um, to to grow personally, right? As well as um, when we talk about for us, we talk about uh, comparative advantage when we look at our teams and being able to place people in uh, different roles that would be the most profitable long-term for the overall team. And um, so when I had the opportunity to come up here, right, um, I had done or been part of some large projects in, uh, in Texas. And now here in uh, Delaware, we're implementing a, a fairly large project that uh, changes the way we process things at, uh, at our site, right? And for our customers. And so, a lot of a lot of opportunity there, um, as well as just from an overall responsibility standpoint, from a process safety, environmental, um, obviously personnel, team growth and, and development, and then in the end, profitability for, for the site. Um, it's, a, it's a it's a great opportunity for me to continue to grow in my career, right, and and gain further responsibility.
0: Is the site manager like the El Jefe, the the head honcho? Is that your is that your role?
1: So I have a lot of great team members, right? And we really yes. focus on yes. um, on we'll call it bottoms up um, approaches, right? But overall, I have accountability for everything that happens at at Seaford.
0: Wow. that is super impressive for, for someone to move that quickly and to have, and I appreciate you giving credit and tons of humility in that, obviously, but I I appreciate, I certainly appreciate that you giving credit, but that is a, such a major, uh, a milestone. It seems like a very major milestone in what's already been such a, a, a successful career. Um, let me, uh, before we hit the record button, Chris and I were talking about, and he, he threw four different names at, uh, at me of people who have come through the Campbell Brooks program, Campbell Brooks alumni, uh, who started either before or after him at Invista, who are doing great things. You know, again, you don't have to mention their names because I didn't ask for permission for that. But what are what are some of your, some of the other JMOs doing at Investa? What are they up to?
1: <laughs> yeah, so it is, it is, uh, interesting and, and fun that a lot of the folks that I actually went through, uh, the conferences with, uh, or the conference with, um, I still maintain contact with them. And, um, here at Invista, we've got folks in procurement, logistics, projects, reliability, um, Again, operations, right, and uh, yeah. coming from a, a variety of backgrounds and uh, and majors in college and things like that uh, that that have similarly come up through uh, come up through the organization, right, um, similar to myself, and had a variety of different roles and uh, able to able to really do some neat things.
0: And one guy, you said, um, we'll just say his first name, Sam. He's uh, he's over in France right now. Is that right?
1: He's 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 over in France right now um, with a with a joint venture that we have with another uh, with another company um, at a, at a site there. Cool. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Cool.
0: All right, well, let's, uh, let's start working on land in the plane. I want to be respectful of your time. It's been great, by the way, Chris. so good to just kind of listen to you and what you're up to. Um, all right, so yeah, I threw these questions at him before we got started, so he's ready for them. Uh, one question, best piece of advice, you know, now that you are where you are and reached high levels of success very quickly in your career, best piece of advice looking uh, to those who, who are looking to make the transition?
1: yeah I think um the opportunities right as long as you do take the initiative are uh, they're they're everywhere and um so we talk about uh jumping in trying to learn new things, be a lifelong learner um empower people and uh help if if you're in something like operations where you have a team focus on team development and building high-performing teams. Um, but I, th- I think the opportunities are just amazing that are out there.
0: Shining through. Uh, very much shining through in this conversation. That's great. Um, all right. So the other question I threw at you, like biggest watch out or pitfall, what, what could derail someone's career quickly?
1: I think, uh, well not showing, not showing the initiative, but I I say for me, um, in, in team leadership, I think that as you go through the military, um, there, there's a lot of really common, um, motivations with folks. Right. And, um, for a team leader, I think it's important that, uh, going into into the business world that you spend the time really getting to know people and their motivators and um, because it is it is different and it can be different you got really diverse groups um, and and it is all about building those high-performing teams
0: and are you saying that because what you're saying is like in the Marine Corps like hey hey Marine get over here let's get you, you got we got a job to do let's do it as opposed to like, you know, where are you from? What's your background? You know, what What do you, tell me more about what you mean.
1: I think that in the, in the military, um, a lot of folks joined for very similar reasons and the pride of what they were doing in the organization. And, um, I think th- there definitely is obviously that in the, in the, um, business world right but i think different people have different motivators and to build those high performing teams you want folks with the really good contribution mindset but you have to take the extra time to find the way to tap into that figure out what their innate abilities are and how you can partner those innate abilities with uh, what really is profitable for the company
0: awesome all right, the last question I threw at you, this was a put-you-on-the-spot, a little bit of a put-you-on-the-spot question. <laughs> Any books, podcasts, videos, anything that, that you have found particularly helpful through the years that, uh, that you might want to pass on to the listeners?
1: I'll say for me, um, just a, and it's a quick read, but um, What Leaders Really Do by John Cotter, and uh, talks about how in... Um, in, uh, business, right. You've got to have leadership and, uh, management and it's not always the same capability. And, uh, you got to know when you're leading versus when you're, when you're managing and, um, how to be really drive change, um, by being a, by being a leader, right. Not, not the manager. Um, but both, both being absolutely necessary. And then for me, um, good profit with uh by charles Koch, and he, and he has several uh books but good profit um from a leadership standpoint and and it's not just within a coke organization um was was extremely helpful in helping me uh kind of understand how to kickstart my career as well as the way that um in the business. Uh, world how to really be successful as a leader
0: sounds great i will uh i will link both of those in our show notes so for those that are interested i'll uh, put links to those books over on amazon all right well chris uh what a pleasure before and after i hit the uh record button it's been great to catch up with you you too visit with you so thanks for uh imparting wisdom to us today thanks for carving out the time i appreciate it thank you All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in and listening to my conversation with Chris. I I really hope you enjoyed listening to that episode and his experience and a little bit about his career development. Certainly as as much as I enjoyed learning about it and talking to him, obviously he's a great guy who's really focused on his people, really focused on the mission and doing great things at AdVista. So what a pleasure. Again, hope you enjoyed that. Certainly if you're new to this podcast or you're new to Cameron Brooks and you want more information, go to our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. There's tons of resources and material, including a blog, transition guides, information on career fields, and certainly how to get in contact with us. Uh, If ever you have a question about this or any podcast, you can always email me directly. My email address is my name, Pete at Cameron-Brooks.com. You can also reach me in my office, 210-874-1500. All right, coming up in our next couple of episodes, so I'll be doing a post-conference review from our January 2023 conference. um, We just wrapped that up about a week and a half ago. In about another week or so, I'm going to do a review and I'm going to talk a little bit about the conference uh, and then feature three or four of our very most recent alumni, to come on and talk a little bit about the conference, what they did well, they what they wish they would have done differently. But these are always fun conversations because you really get a, a sense of what's happening right now as it relates to the conferences. So be on the lookout for that one. That'll be published on March 7th. And then the one right after that, my colleague Joel Junker is going to do an offer or I'm sorry, an episode Called it, Should You Negotiate an Offer? And we'll release that one on March 23rd. So lots of good content coming up in the future. Excited to share it with you. Uh, again, I appreciate your time and listening. Make it a great day.